this goes back to 1978. And I, I mean, 1978, I was 15 years old. I was still getting over the fear of water and small boats because Jaws 2 just came out. Um, Saturday Night Fever was the big movie. Um, Sandista gorillas were taking hostages all over the planet. And a gentleman by the, St- by the name of Steve Tacey thought it would be a good idea to put together a sail, sailing business in Blue Ash, Ohio. Steve, why, what was going through your head in 1978 to start a business called Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio? Well, it, it may not have been the smartest thing to do, but uh, I, uh, I got out of school and I taught woodworking shop at Hughes High School for a very short, short time. And that really didn't uh, pan out what I thought it might be. <laughs> and uh, so at any rate, I, uh, uh, we bought this property here on Kenwood Road back in 77 and we put the building up, had the house out front tore down a little garage out back and then uh, put this building up and we started selling uh, actually we started just doing fiberglass repairs for boats and anything fiberglass and whatnot and in 78 we opened up March of 78 and I just thought it would be kind of cool to do what I'd been doing and during summers in college from 71 to 75 I had worked at a another sailboat dealership, a sailboat sales way back when. And uh, so at any rate, the, the teaching career was short-lived and we bought this property here and we started up in March of 78, just doing fiberglass repairs and selling accessories. And then we started uh, offering some sailboat lines. We picked up uh, Hobie Cat was our first one, which obviously it's been a good one for us back then. Hobiecat did not have any kayaks whatsoever. Hobiecat was just big time into sailboats, spe- uh, specifically like the Hobie 16 sailboat. I had a Hobie 16, which uh, it's a catamaran. It gets up and goes. It's a high performance boat, which is a lot of fun. And I thought it would be neat to get into that business because I'd been doing it in summer, so I enjoyed it. I enjoyed sailing. And uh, so we started. Uh, Strictly say we actually were called Blue Ash Boat Service in 1978 when we opened up, and then uh, we picked up some boat lines O'Day, Hobie Cat, uh, a few others throughout the years for that matter. And in, in 1981, we changed the name from Blue Ash Boat Service to Strictly Sail Incorporated. So that's kind of how we got started, it's just kind of been evolving ever since. We've sold sailboats forever. Uh, I'm an old dinosaur at this point. I don't know where all those years went, but uh, here, here we are, 2022. I didn't think I'd make it this far, but uh, we've been selling selling toys for a lot of years and enjoy doing what we do. I've got uh, uh, my wife that's in the business. She's been helping us out here as well, Jane Marie Tacey. I've got my uh, two boys that are in Strictly Sail and Kayak helping us out as well, Brian. Uh, he's Mr. Kayak here, as well as Tyler's. Uh, they both fish, I wouldn't say too awful often. Tyler enjoys a lot of saltwater fishing. Brian, I've been uh, 
making him work too much. He keeps telling me that at least. And uh, he's gone to a few Hobie Bass Opens, uh, as well as Tyler. And Tyler did real well in a, a couple of them. I forget. I think he got like 18th on one of them, and actually came up a seventh uh, a few years back in one of the Hobie Bass Opens. And uh, the boys have been doing a great job with the kayak fishing. Absolutely. Yeah. They have um, great ambassadors yeah. for the business here. Um, I I doubt if you know because I mean sailing's a small demographic, isn't it? It's always been. It, it must be a tight business to run, and and how you would because it's just it's just so random to drive down the road and see a big tall sailing boat, you know, on the side of the road. You just don't see them. Or was in 1978? Where was? Were they all over the place? Or we had an ocean right here in Blue Ash, and that's why we came right here. <laughs> But no, we, we really, I had no clue as far as who, what, or where. This property seemed like a, it seemed like a deal. Um, it's, it's close to town. That was the big thing, I guess. We actually looked around thinking maybe go out to like some of the lakes, but most of the lakes, your population is not around the lakes. Right. Your population is closer in town. So right. it seemed like this worked out and it, it's worked out really well. So location wise, uh, we're where the people are and we sell sailboats all over the place we from day one we started putting strictly sail on some of the sail color covers for, that sailboats use right and you see those all yeah, over the country absolutely uh, you we've do. been doing this for a long time and then we go to florida we we, we get emails from people like hey I, I see you strictly sail on your cover out here and he's out in california someplace or washington state they're all over we've sold the number of sailboats all over the U.S. is, is well, it's kayaks for that matter. We do ship kayaks all over the place right. more too. Right. So uh, it's 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 been a fun ride. It's been it, it. I mean, yeah, just saying that. You know, where how unique it is to see something like Strictly Sail going down the road in Florida, North Carolina, or on the on the coast or something like that, and people are calling you. I think it's a very unique business, and so it's been a really. Uh, well, let me ask you, how did you get into sailing? My dad took me fishing over at Stone Lake Lake. Okay. And we were fishing there, and I saw this little sunfish. I didn't know what it was called, but it's a little 14-foot small little sailboat, pretty much the smallest one that they make. And this little sucker is just gliding along out there, and there's just no wind that you can feel. And yet this little boat was just cruising along out there, and I just thought it was the neatest thing ever. So... Anyway, I in high school, I started working at a meat market over there at uh, Swifton Shopping Center, okay. and I saved up some vinos, and I saved up $300 to buy this little 14-foot plywood sailboat that some guy had on the street corner someplace, and uh, I bought that thing, took it out to Stone Lake Lake first time, and hopped in there. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I'm, I'm like... I don't know, I was probably 16 years old at this point. Right. Had no clue how to sail, how to do anything. I'm out there by myself. I did have a life jacket on, and uh, I'm tooling around. The boat's flying as far as I'm concerned, but the boom's flying back and forth, and had no clue. Storm comes up, and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to drop the sail. Well, the sail got stuck halfway coming down, so now I'm got the sail kind of messed up there ended up taking the mast down with the sail halfway on there threw the mast down on the boat the storm came up blew me back into the cove and i waited out the stove or the store storm and i uh, uh 
once the storm was over, I paddled back across the lake, which apparently my parents were a little worried because I disappeared in the cattails over there. And uh, I got back, I said, man, that was fun. <laughs> the next day I went to the library, got a book on how to sail. It all made sense then, but I suggest you know at least a few <laughs> basics of how to sail. I, I learned that I was jiving. You don't turn away from the wind. But right. uh, I just young and stupid. Right. Didn't know anything other than it was really cool. And uh, but I, I survived that, and I've done many other stupid things in my life. But that that's what started me off on sailing. I, I had that for oh, wow. probably two years. Then I got a Hobie 16, Ooh. which is a fast catamaran. Those actually would get up to about almost 30 mile an hour on the. Uh, wow, that's got to just feel so fast. It is uh, for water. I mean, it's really fast. I I still keep a uh, Hobie. Uh, 21 over at Brookville Lake and uh, we've been out in way too much extreme uh, winds. You can ask Brian about that one sometime. Now, did I hear a story about that might have been one of your scariest situations on Brookville? Or has there been many? I've I've had a few, but there is uh, (laughs) some people just aren't too smart. Uh, We uh, I forget what year it was, but the, the remnants of Hurricane Hugo, we uh, we may have taken the Hobie 21 out sailing at Brookville Lake that day. It was and it was blowing 30 to 45 mile an hour winds, and we had three people out on the boat. We had a great time, but we did capsize three times going up to the bridge, and uh, coming back we uh, uh, nailed it down, pitch pulled, which means as you stuff both both bows in, you go flying forward. And but we got it back up, and we survived that one. And then you like flip you flip it you over flip itself. It yeah, the, the and you br- it. and yeah. you've already capsized it three times. That was the regular knockdown, just okay over to the side. Yeah. How do you correct the boat like that big? Well, you can actually get it back up if you have enough weight. But it was blowing pretty good that day. But the <laughs> the the stupidest one that I've done, and there's been many, is that last windstorm that we had forget how many years that's been it's probably been seven or eight years that September windstorm that we had right 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 well they were calling for right 35 to 40 mile an hour and I my eyes kind of lit up I think oh that's gonna be fun <laughs> so I, I got Brian and another fellow <laughs> uh, old David we uh, I said hey it's supposed to really really blow today you want to go sailing so yeah we'll go so we go over to Brookville and we load her up there and and, uh, I, and one other guy was there, and I said, do you want to go with us? <laughs> he looked at me, he says, no, somebody has to stay here to call 911. <laughs> I said, okay. So we get out okay, there. Okay, we're going anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, we shove off, and Hannah Creek over there is a little inlet, and it's kind of protected in there, but it's, it's blowing pretty good. But we shove off, and we get going out there, and we get to the just out of the mouth of this little bay at Hannah Creek there and I'm telling you there were six foot waves on Brookville Lake whoa they're crashing out there and we we didn't pull the jib out at all the mainsail travelers out all the way and it was just honking I had no clue I said I'm thinking why didn't we see this before we shoved off (laughs) why are we out here right well we have waves crashing over the side I can't pull any of the sails in at all, and we're literally limping across the lake simply because if you fall off or pull the sail in at all, we start 
going up on one hall. Right. And I mean, I got Brian, and if those of you know that Brian Tacey, uh, he is not exactly a lightweight, and he got my fat butt on there as well. I go about 230, and then the other guy, he's about 175, so we've got a fair amount of weight on this thing. And we're flying a hall, if we don't feather it right up into the wind, and uh, we're not moving fast, because <laughs> you're gonna flip over. But we, we actually managed to make it across the lake, turn it around and come back and uh, we did shred the mainsail because you couldn't pull it in at all it's literally wow. a flag up there and uh, we shredded the mainsail and uh, but we got back in and uh, I actually kissed the ground when we came back in because it was like way <laughs> too intense was... and come to find out that was they weren't calling but for 35 to 40 mile an hour winds but that was the day where nobody knew what it was really going to blow we right. got back to the shop and we had like four or five boats tipped over on the trailer. Wow. Down. The <laughs> shingles on the shop roof here, they were like blown up and it was still blowing. Uh, and that was the day we had sustained winds of 77 mile an hour here in Cincinnati. And right. uh, they had no clue and had all sorts of stuff. But that was the most wind I've ever been out on. And we were just flat out lucky that we didn't capsize because wow. we would have just drifted off up to uh, Quaker Town at some point. Oh, I bet it, it probably felt like Lake Superior out there yeah, when was, you're... It was not one of my brighter moments there. That, that, that day really humbled <laughs> me as far as uh, uh, sailing uh, on too much wind. Now, you guys aren't just like hanging onto the rail there. You're stretched out on some like like they, uh, lines and stuff they, and really they, stretched out over the hull, aren't you? They do have trapeze wires on there, but I'm a, kind of getting a little bit too old for the trapeze wires. Uh, we used to do that all the time. We used to, Kobe 21's like a two-man racing boat. We used to take it out with Bob Smith and we raced that and we went, uh, they had a thing called the Pro Sail, which uh, we were basically eliminated from any uh, trophy competition the day one after that first, first event, but we had a great time with well, it. Well, what? Hold on. Why? Just finishing so poorly. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no. We had a great time. We went down to Miami and uh, we used to do the Hobie Regatta circus and stuff. And oh we, had a, we had a ball. The Hobie cats were, we'd have like 50, 60 uh, Hobie cats just at Cowan Lake on some Hobie Regattas back in the early 70s and 80s and whatnot. It was some good times with that. So you really are. I mean, if there was like a Mount Rushmore of, you know, Midwest sailing, you would you. You know, would Steve Tacey be like, you know, I'd Theodore the Roosevelt? Slide. No, I'd be on the mudslide at the bottom of that. <laughs> or if I just like, oh my God. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be. They have a cafeteria there now, I think, and a lookout, <laughs> yeah, you know, do. where they sell t-shirts and stuff like that. But, um, well, you know, all joking aside, man, you know, you've had some real serious stuff happen to you, too, as well. Um, being on a sailboat and messing around. I mean, so Strictly Sail not only sells, sells sailing watercraft and the rigging and all of the supplies we need and kayaks and all of the cool gear and stuff like that. But you guys also pull those big boats in and out of the water, right? I saw oh, you yeah. going, I saw you cruising down Route 50 one day uh, with a big sailboat oh, and yeah. you had this truck just rolling. So you were bringing that boat from somewhere. It's a big boat too. But man, there's some dangers that go along with all that kind of stuff that I think a lot of people probably wouldn't even think of. And damn it, you like... I don't know. I, I, I'm interested in hearing the story. You pretty much crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, didn't you? And 
decided it wasn't quite your time and wanted to come back and but could you kind of give us a little insight on that whole really serious situation and uh, uh, man what happened well, I assume that you're talking about my little electrical experience. Yes. Uh, it, it was one of another one of my not so bright moments there. I had uh, we were tidying up some electrical lines that uh, the boxes that were coming down. This is in a warehouse, and I was over there with Tyler in the electrical boxes with the conduit were kind of not attached to the poles that were supporting the. The, the roof up and I said Tyler we're gonna rivet these back on to the poles so I, I went and showed Tyler how to turn the power off on these we got a couple couple boxes this should kill the power of the whole building these two boxes right here and uh, well, apparently I made the, the 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 literally fatal mistake of not checking to make sure that the, those two boxes turned off the entire power because what had happened, a tenant, a previous tenant had actually added a lot of electric and they didn't run it through those two panels that kill everything in the, in the office. So at any rate, I took the cover plate off of this one electrical box and this is some high power stuff. This is, you know, it's a big warehouse with 480 volt three phase and you don't really want to mess with that or any power for that matter, but I don't remember anything about the, the entire day whatsoever. I literally was told what happened when I woke up in the hospital about four days later. The, uh, I apparently pulled the wires out, screamed. Again, I don't remember any of this. This is all Tyler. Tyler caught my ass and put me on the ground and I'm out. And he calls 911, got the uh, dispatch lady on the phone. And then uh, she asked, where the location is and Tyler tells you know, the address of the building and all that and then uh, she starts telling how to do CPR so anyway <laughs> Tyler did CPR on me for like four minutes while the uh, rescue EMS guys showed up there and they zapped my heart back up I guess they got that going again but I didn't wake up so I guess protocol is they incubate you and then they Anyway, I, I got a helicopter ride from uh, Fairfield uh, down to UC Medical Hospital down here. And let's see, Tyler went down. They met the, uh, uh, well, actually, Tyler actually got there before the helicopter landed with me. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and uh, apparently they were working on me at the, uh, the, uh, at the warehouse. All right. But uh, it was a pretty impressive scene, apparently. Uh, they got the helicopter in the street. They blocked the traffic and everything else. And uh, I, I made uh, a lot of people very famous for my stupidity that day because the city of Fairfield made uh, uh, Tyler Tacey Day. And uh, they presented <laughs> awards to Tyler. They presented awards to the police that showed up the road. Uh, all the EMS guys, the fire engines. What the... I mean, I was, yeah. And you don't even remember the helicopter ride. I, I don't remember anything. Uh, wow. Next time, 
and I've got family members coming in from all over the place. I guess apparently they said that I was in stable condition, which apparently I'm out. They incubated me. I'm just, you know, I don't know anything. My wife drives down to the hospital. There's Tyler. And then they called the kids. And, you know, I've got, like, kids all over the world here, it seems like. I've got five kids in Columbus. And they were actually down south for a vacation in Florida. And uh, they, they both came into town. And uh, I'm sitting there, just you know, it's it's bad news when you see somebody with a bunch of tubes down their throat and yeah. everything else. It's it's kind of a sad situation there. Right, right. But I woke up three days later. Apparently, what they do with that, they incubate you. They actually take your body temperature down. They they cool you off. They take your body temperature down to I forget 90 degrees or something like that. They cool wow. your whole body down to save your brain, which in my case, it's, they had to look for it for quite a while. <laughs> Then they bring you back up, your body temperature back up slowly. And I woke up and I got my wife looking, hovering over my head right there. And I had no clue what had happened. I look up, I wow. said, what happened? And she wow. says, you don't remember? I said, no. Wow. And she said, well, you were over at the Fairfield building and, and everyone's fine. And I said, my first words, did anybody get hurt? And she looked at me, she said, nobody but you. <laughs> and I said, well, that's at least good. <laughs> so anyway, wow, that, that was it. I uh, didn't remember, I still don't remember anything other than waking up. And apparently I was talking the, uh, the day before, once the... Uh, uh, pulled the tubes out a little bit, but I don't remember anything of that. They must have given me some really good drugs and stuff wow. like that. But uh, I think the best one of that whole story That's was amazing. my youngest daughter was there, and uh, I guess the doctor said something to the effect that, well, he's pretty young and he looks to be in pretty good shape. And uh, she told me what the doctor said, as in, can you believe this, Dad? The doctor said you were young and pretty good shape. And I, I apparently gave my youngest daughter, daughter the finger, and she came out and told the rest of the family, he's back. <laughs> so anyway, after wow. three days of being incubated, they brought me back out and uh, put my family through hell for all that, my stupidity. I would recommend that you always check the power, check even the though power. That you think the power is off. Take your tester, check the power, because uh, that was a fatal mistake in... Uh, 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 I was lucky that the uh, city of Fairfield Fire Department and everybody else, and they actually uh, won an a award, a, a statewide award for my rescue in uh, saving my ass out there. And the, uh, the Mr. Fire Chief Bennett over there, city of Fairfield, he called up a month or two afterwards to see how I was doing. And, he says, well, if I can ever do anything, and I, I may have mentioned, I said, you know, I fly these little radio control helicopters since I've never been in a helicopter before, <laughs> and I don't remember the one I flew in. <laughs> I would really like a helicopter ride. Just throwing it out there. I kind of Mr. Bullfeathers. Yeah. And uh, he says, I can make that happen. And, I, and I'm thinking, yeah, right. So, But at, at any rate, I said, yeah, and I don't really need a helicopter ride. He's, no, I'm going to make that happen. And uh, it wasn't two months later, it calls up and said, how's, how's this weekend look? So anyway, he, uh, uh, he scheduled this up and I got to fly uh, uh, while I was conscious this time in the same helicopter that took my ass over to UC 
and it was wow it was pretty cool that's cool that's so, very cool yeah so anyway moral of the story check power even when you think it's off check, check power it, at any rate check power wow that's an amazing story that really is well thank you for that story really you know at your cost you know, so, so yeah, it definitely sounds like a lot of people benefited from that. Like the, you know, the the chief at the fire department was just going, you know, we need someone to just electrocute themselves so we can give out this particular award. Well, there was like uh, we had a big deal at uh, one of the council meetings over there at Fairfield in that October, and uh, they had like eleven or twelve of the first responders and the nine one one operator, uh, the police, the EMS, and it took like 11 or 12 of them to save my ugly ass on that whole day. Wow. And then wow. when they had the helicopter ride, he says, you know, we've applied for a statewide award on, on saving your ass. <laughs> would, you, would you sign this to say it's okay if we apply for this last year? And they won the state award there too. So I get, got yes. to go up to Columbus and, and relay my story about what a dumbass I was. In, uh, <laughs> in front of everybody. But th thank you all for saving my butt. Yeah. <laughs> now, so you don't suffer from any kind of weird twitches or anything like that, any byproduct of being Not that I'm aware of, but I was pretty screwed up before, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> Things are back to normal, right? Exactly. Right. Okay, so let's talk about some kayaks. Uh, I guess it was just a, a natural uh, 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 sort of transfer into kayaks through Hobie. Yeah. When Hobie started selling the kayaks. and. Yeah. We, we kind of toyed with it. We got some in. It was just more of a fun little toy. It's not really the fishing per se at, uh, initially. It was just more recreational kayaks and, and whatnot. And we kind of toyed around with it and, and then uh, started getting in a little more heavy with kayaks and then some more fishing. And then fishing has been a little bit more dominant. And then quite frankly, uh, Brian, uh, specifically in Tyler, uh, those boys are the ones that have really developed the uh, kayak fishing and the Strictly Sail Incorporated, we've, we've really gone to Strictly Sail and Kayak now because kayaking and uh, kayak fishing has, has jumped up tremendously right. and it, it's big time anymore. I mean, we, we sell kayaks all over the U.S. anymore and accessory-wise, we've got probably the best accessories in the Midwest as far as kayak accessories. We've got a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of just parts downstairs. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we sell a lot of kayaks. We've got uh, five semi-trailers, which are full of kayaks right now in the back right here. And we've got a couple more at the storage yard and a couple of containers out here. So right. we're big-time kayaks anymore. And, uh, it, is no no it is no joke when a semi-full of kayaks show up here. I mean, it literally takes an army. Well, you, you've been there, John. A couple yeah. times. I've missed out. It seems like I really miss out on them big old heavy, like 120s and like them, uh, the big old towns. And like when the 360s come in, I can't seem to always kind of miss on those. Well, so, that's but. a good, I try and kind of stay by the, the paperwork at that point myself. Because it's, uh, <laughs> some of those pro angler uh, 14s, they get a little heavier, but they're, they're still not as heavy as when yeah. Brian and Tyler deck them out with all the gear on yeah. them and we load them up and... And then of course Tyler has to have his, his his own PA that he takes to Florida sometimes. Right. He's got it decked out. We put it up on top of the suburban, and I'm getting a little old for those. I, right. The time you lift up a couple hundred pounds, the time to get these things loaded up. But uh, it's it's a good time. But yeah, the uh, the old towns we picked up the old town just last year, and they've been doing really well with us. Old town is a very old time manufacturer. With you know they're they're like Hobie. They're 
great manufacturer to deal with. Right. I love that Old Town PDL 106. It has me really rethinking taking the Hobie Pro Angler 14 out, um, which I have to put on a trailer, which brings up another point. You guys sell trailers here at Strictly Sailing Kayak. Uh, so if you're looking for a trailer, I had to put that Hobie Pro Angler 14 up on a trailer. Um, it, it's like treat, it's like hauling a bass boat. Uh, I wanted something to give me the same uh, space around me and the ability to put the same equipment that I do on the Hobie Pro Angler 14 on a smaller one that I could shove up in the back of my Suburban and shut the hatch. And that PDL 106 Old Town is amazing. I love that thing. And it's it's a pretty... Uh, we had that uh, tournament out of Cowan, and those waves were kicking up pretty good for Cowan. It can get windy sometime oh, out there. And uh, that thing was just really amazing how it felt comfortable, caught some Z's in it, had a successful tournament. I love that PDL 106. I really do. The old towns are great. But you also carry the new canoe and you carry the feel free uh, and the with the big fish, right? I mean, you we've have got, a, We've got them all anymore. We've got kayaks anywhere from, uh, I mean, we used to be just Hobies uh, up until a few years ago. And then we, we really opened up as far as some different, like you just mentioned, the new canoes, the feel freeze, the three waters. So we've got kayaks anywhere from like 750 bucks going up. So you right. can get it to start at any level that you want to go. Absolutely. Uh, from the bottom going up and uh, it just depends what you're looking for they got the spot lock on the old towns which is pretty sweet the autopilots amazing uh, they, 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 to me an old dinosaur to spot lock in itself and then you put spot lock on a kayak is, is tremendous right what type of fishing you're where you're at yeah. but if you're at a big lake and you're trying to stay on point and work on some shelves or something down there and it's a nice item to have. Yeah, to have the selection that you guys got for somebody, and you know, it's like at that moment. But wait, there's more. With such a selection, and uh, with knowledge going back to the beginning, it's not like you guys just popped up and started selling kayaks. You guys have been here since the beginning of kayaks, and uh, so the knowledge that you guys have. Uh, with the kayaks, the selection, it makes it a lot easier for that person who just has no clue. They, they're interested in kayak fishing. Maybe they're interested in the competitive part of it. Maybe they're coming off of a bass boat and realizing that thing's pretty expensive to run. I'm rethinking this $2,000 kayak here or this, uh, you know, Hobie Pro Angler 12, you know, that I saw down at the fishing expo. And those people are coming back here to have this spot here to look at all of the other kayaks to ask those questions and have that selection is that i don't think there's anything like it in the midwest yeah well it's funny you mentioned as people with the uh, bass boats and whatnot and it's it's amazing that we've sold quite a few kayaks to people with bass boats that have sold them since then or maybe have have them yet but i mean the bass boats i mean you, for a true bass boat, you look at those things, and they're they're eighty five thousand. That's the low end of a bass boat, and, uh, yeah. and then you got the upkeep and the gas and the fuel, and you know they're putting two fifties, three hundreds on those bad boys, and the fuel that you use and the upkeep on something like that. I mean, you can duck out a kayak uh, for a whole lot less, and everybody seems to be 
the tournament guys are, are decking them out pretty good. I mean, you can put a little electric motors on the back of these things. Uh, and the, a lot of the tournament guys are doing that because they cover a lot of ground. So right. it depends what you're looking for. And uh, we've got the uh, torpedoes you can put on the little electric motors on the back end of them. Right. And uh, whatever floats your boat, whatever type of fishing that you want to do. Right. Yeah. So those bass boat guys, and, I, and when I, you know, hang around at the expos and stuff, those bass boat guys who are doing everything they can to talk themselves out of the kayak it's like they just kind of just don't even want to look at it at first and then you have the younger kids that are coming up going man i'm never going to be able to afford a bass boat but i've heard things about kayaks and where they're going so i think the question from both of those ends are what's the return and so then you start talking about well the cost of the kayak and how little it costs to a bass boat to get set up and rigged up really with everything you would need and then laying 30 or 40 bucks down at a tournament including your five dollar your ten dollar big bass fee and then walking away with a thousand dollar paycheck for a weekend of fishing in the local area out of your two thousand dollar plastic watercraft oh, totally and, and, and again kayak fishing there's all sorts of tournaments different trails around here and you should talk to brian because he's all over these he's got cincinnati kayak fishing uh, locally here and you've got a bunch of others around and we sponsor a couple of the other tournaments as well uh, but kayak fishing i mean each one of those tournaments has a payout i mean it's kind of fun you, you're doing what you enjoy to do and you can actually you know maybe possibly get a little money out of it uh the fee for each of the tournaments is not too much. Uh, they got the Hobie Bass open, which hits a little bit more for the tournament uh, entry fee, uh, but the payouts are quite a bit more. Uh, Kurt Smiths, who's on our Strictly Sailing Kayak Fishing Team, he actually was the national champ a few years ago. He actually won $40,000 and some other uh, for like big fish as well. So, I mean, there's some big money in this stuff anymore too. Right. And uh, some of these guys put a lot of time into it. Kurt right. Smiths would be one. Right. He does some really fantastic stuff. You get around you yourself. You go to all these different shows, going in through the front door or the back door, <laughs> whichever might be the case. And, uh, See, here's the key to that. You show up early, mm. and then you just help somebody carry their stuff yeah. in the back door. Oh, I'll yeah. give you a hand here. How you, you doing? Go. Just give me yeah. a hand. You've know? you got the program down. That's good. Right. So speaking of shows, we got one just right around the corner. Uh, we just coming off the Sharonville uh, Cincinnati Fishing Expo. And, uh, man, you guys had a, just an amazing selection of kayaks there. Uh, so now we're talking about stepping it up just a little bit, the Cincinnati uh, Travel, Sports, and Boat Show. Uh, that starts, uh, what, this Friday and Saturday? Friday at 5, it opens up. And then, uh, and then it's also next weekend, too, right? It starts Wednesday again. I think it's 3 o'clock in right. the afternoon. Because it's Wednesday, that big. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's that big. It's a good-sized boat show and travel show, isn't it? it it's at Duke Center, and it's a lot of square footage down there for sure. And one thing that's kind of nice about that show is they have a little demo pond down there. We usually throw a kayak in there, and right. we usually put Tyler down in there, and he can show off what the kayaks do. And the, It really shows that the little demo pool is quite small, but it really shows the capability of the, the Hobie 360 simply right. because it turns within itself. You can parallel park that thing, and uh, it, it's it, it's really an advanced kayak. Yep. And it depends where you're fishing, but you can hold your your spot pretty much right there it's got a rudder but the 360 you actually move the entire drive so you literally can 
park this straight in, parallel park it, or whatever you want to do. Yep, that was the 2019 iCast major award winner, the 360 Hobie Drive, when that came out. With those kick-up fins, because we all do run into those things that... Uh, We'll hit those fins, and it has that technology in it. The Hobie 360 was first time, I I think was was it last year? Last year did they have it last year? Oh yeah. Okay, it was last year. Right. Time goes so fast. The 360 that was the first time I had the opportunity to hop in that thing, and it is amazing how that uh, operates. Uh, the Rolls Royce of kayaks. It's an Isn't engineering it? marvel the way that the, that it works. It yeah. really is. Like you say, the kick-up fins are tremendous, and just if you just hold this up there and, and just turn those fins, the whole the whole fin assembly around, you sit there and look at that, and you think, wow, the, the guy that designed it, Phil Dow, he's, he's pretty impressive to come up with that thing. Right. Originally, and it was Hobie, uh, like the Pro Angler 14, was that like an original just like Ocean type? Yeah. Kayak is that where it just really started? Yeah, Hobie came out with the pro anglers. I mean, the early pro anglers had basically a uh, lawn chair, kind of a hard plastic uh, uh, seat on it. Now the pro anglers have, I, I still think it's the most comfortable seat, most adjustable seat of any kayak on the yeah. market today. It's, uh, I'm an old dude and we go down and fishing yeah. in Florida and stuff. I'll stay out there all day and I'm comfortable yeah. in that seat. Yeah. It's, it's the mesh, just flow through, you get air through it. Uh, it's got lumbar support, fully adjustable for the the seat and yeah. the backrest. Uh, yeah. And it sits up high enough to position if we're, if we're going out through some waves or whatever, we'll lower the seat down to crash out through some waves. And you can take them out through some pretty good waves. We, we went to Panama uh, City down there once, and uh, I looked at these waves, and I'm used to Hobie Cat sailboats. We used to crash through some five or six foot waves. We used to love it, but you got to make sure you're got a little wind and you're, you're crashing out straight up in there and same thing with the kayaks you, you want to make sure that you hit it straight into it otherwise yeah. you will roll them over but yeah. uh, it's amazing how much waves you can take as long as you're headed straight into it you're right. good get to right. the side uh, not so much right uh, right i i don't that's the i feel so safe in the hobie pro angler 14 when i'm out there gunnersville we had some big waves first time i had ever really experienced anything where it was starting to pitch you over to the side but uh yeah you just turn into them a little bit and keep moving forward man that thing just does so well a lot of space i can carry uh 12 rods on that thing got all that storage space up front so if anybody's interested in those hobies Come on down to the uh, Duke uh, Energy Center down in Cincinnati uh, starting this Friday, Saturday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week. Uh, and the rest of the big selection that you guys are going to have down there. We're at Mall down there. We're trying, we got, uh, we doubled the space of what we had <clears throat> last year. So uh, we, Ooh, that's we, even, wow. We've got, uh, we've got twice as much space as what we just had in the little Sharonville show. Wow. Plus we got the demo pool right space. next door to us. Yeah. And uh, what I'm really excited for is uh, they're supposed to have Twiggy, the uh, water skiing squirrel, so I can't wait to see that. <laughs> right there next to you. Yeah, well, I don't know where yeah. they're going to do it. Apparently, they, I, I don't know I if they're going to do it in the same pond. Right. Uh, last year, they, they canceled the, the show, and they were going to have two ponds. One was for uh, uh, the squirrel and one for the kayak, so I don't know. But right. We're going to find out. I'll keep you posted. Well, there's turkey calling. We got turkey calling competition, national turkey calling competition, uh, seminars on hunting, 
and uh, it's a cool shell. I really enjoy it. It's it's neat to get into that size of that uh, Duke uh, Energy Center in Cincinnati and feel like you're someplace else other than Cincinnati. There is that much size. It's a good size show. I imagine too, after kicking out of last year, a little dull on everybody's you know, what they did with their activities because of COVID and stuff like that. I imagine everybody's going to be pretty pumped up and excited to get back to business this year. And Yeah, well, we're going to find out. I mean, it's, it's one of those no shows last year that seems like they cancel everything, so people, I think, are ready to get out and right. go on beyond all this and start living your normal lives here right. again. So right. it should be good. But it's, it's much warmer inside the Duke Convention Center than it is typically outside, so it's a good way to see everything. Right. Most of the pro staff is there. Uh, in and out throughout the day so always somebody to <clears throat> talk to if you have any questions about the uh, kayaks that you may be interested in and uh, yeah we got uh, it's a lot of goofballs like uh, ourselves and then uh, national champions there amongst the crowd uh, to talk to uh, Steve thank you so much no, I really appreciate no, no, it thank you um, and thanks for what you do for the sport too. I, you're entertaining. It's fun to watch. <laughs> I'm like I've, I'm like the uh, prairie home companion of kayak bass fishing. There you go. You know, Garrison Keeler, I yeah. guess. Bob Ross of fishing. I've heard that before too. I don't know. Wherever it takes me, I enjoy the ride. That's for sure. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, again, Strictly Sail and Kayaks located here in Blue Ash. Ohio on Kenwood Road, 1076. 10766. 10. 10766, right? Yes, sir. Well, regardless, just drive up Kenwood Road. You're not going to miss it. You really can't, can you? There's just well, there's a few sailboats out there and a lot of kayaks. You know, it was so awesome when I pulled in here, the sound of the rigging slapping. There's something pretty special about that, isn't it? That's. It, like it, calls to a sailor. It, 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 that, and as long as you're not trying to sleep next to one of them, it's all good. <laughs> That's great. Steve, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope to see you guys down at the Duke Energy Center uh, this weekend. Again, the Cincinnati Travel Sports Boat Show. Come down to uh, to the show and see since, uh, Strictly Sail and Kayak. Uh, and uh, stop by and say hello. Thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate it. John Graves Kayak Fishing. Here with Steve Tacey of Strictly Sound Kayaks, over and out.